You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email uh, email us at PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us at 865-658-5824. Um, got Tim here with us live in Green Bay. Obviously, Tim, you've seen enough of this snow, right, bro? Has it, has it, has it eased up there yet, or is it still coming down, man? No, it's not coming down, but, man, it is like, it's like 19 degrees up here right now. It's, it's oh, wow. like freezing. It kind of looks like that. It looks just like our background right now because all the snow that fell is just like whipping around and blowing <laughs> all over the place now. So it's kind of snowing again, but uh, no, typical uh, winter weather here in Titletown. Got to love it. Love. We're sitting at about 36 degrees and it's supposed to get down in the 20s again tonight. Um you know, just a uh, typical Tennessee. It'll be in the 60s here in a couple of days, then back down in the teens, probably. That's just the way it rolls. So uh, we always say, uh, go home, old man, when are you drunk? But, uh, <laughs> let's give a quick shout out to the chat here. I mean, we got a lot of people in here. We got uh, Drell Lee, we got uh, Red Moe, Nick McSwain in the house, Josh Martin, uh, Doug up in here. What's up, Doug? Good morning, buddy. Uh, let's see who else we've got, man. They're in here chatting it up. Jennifer Wright in the house. What's up, Jennifer? And Chris in, and we got Chad in here. What's up, Chad? Good morning to you, buddy. Bleeding Green in here as well. We already got us a super chat. Let's go ahead and hit that. Josh Martin, thank you for the super chat. He says, if we win Sunday night, I think we went out 11 and 5. You know, Tim, I don't think that's uh, too far fetched, man. I mean, you get by the Chiefs. Uh, let's do this real quick. Let me, um, we've got a, a really cool graphic. Josh Martin, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate it. We got a graphic that, uh, that Omer shared with us on Twitter that he kind of creates actually a tweet he created and I turned it into a graphic, but I really wanted to, uh, to kind of look at that remaining schedule again, I meant to update it and it looks like I forgot to do that. So we will get to that here in a little bit. So this is, uh, you know, the last one we had. So they're talking about, we could win out, right? The chiefs rank sixth here. Um, according to the 33rd team, you've got the New York giants, 32nd, 
the uh, the uh, Bucks ranked 17th, the Panthers ranked 31st, then the Vikings at ninth, Bears at 23rd. Now, listen, you can't overlook any team. I think we learned that early on there against the Falcons and the uh, and the Broncos. Although the Broncos are starting to turn it on, it's funny um, how the the DVOAers aren't mentioning much about it now. But that's a story for a different pod. Um, so. With that being said, your toughest opponents, obviously, Kansas City and Minnesota. Now, Minnesota is a different kind of Minnesota with Josh Dobbs. Is he going to continue to play good? We're going to find out tonight as they face the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football up there in Minnesota. Um, Really excited to see how that plays out. And, of course, Justin Jefferson should be coming back fairly soon. Now, if I had to put money on it, I would say he won't be back tonight because they got a bye week coming up, and then they'll probably return after that would be my guess. But the Packers are going to kind of control their own destiny. What do you think about that comment, though, Tim, that Josh Martin just said with the Super Chat? Do you think, uh, you think they got a chance to win out if they get by Kansas City? Um, I do, and uh, it's because of what I my, my sentiment going into the Detroit game was this team needs to prove to us that they can win more than one game in a row. And uh, we did that, finally. So I believe this team is capable of going on a win streak. Um, I will say what I said last night. Um, I'm hoping if a loss is coming our way, I, ho- I hope it comes sooner than later. And, uh, you know, not not in crunch time because it would really stink to, to go on a on a win streak and then, you know, drop the wild card game or something like that. Right. Yeah. So um, I do believe they're capable. And um, that's the thing about young teams. I really don't. I mean, it doesn't really matter if you're talking the major sports, you know, sometimes young teams when they're well coached and they, they, they struggle early and they put it together and they, they get hot. They, they're almost just like unconscious of, you know, what's at stake and, and uh, you know, the big stage, it's like they're immune to it almost. And um, you know, a young team can ride that excitement and uh, that youthful exuberance and talent and they can ride it all the way to a title. Sometimes we, we have seen it before. So uh, absolutely, dude, I, I totally believe that this is possible. And uh, hopefully that's the case, you know, 11 and five, nobody, nobody would have uh, put them there um, in that range, right? 11 and six, or, uh, you know, I think we said we capped out at 10 wins. I know that was kind of your high end prediction. That was my um, optimistic prediction was, 10 or more going preseason. So, you know, we'll take it. Bottom line is I'm actually looking forward to watching a, a, a Minnesota Chicago game tonight because of the implications it has on our season, which is uh, a good place to be in because, you know, a lot of us fans, you know, maybe we didn't think we'd, we'd be here this time of year uh, going back early in the season. So yeah, definitely a possibility. Hopefully it's a probability and hopefully it's a reality. Um, go pack, go. I'm with it. Yeah, definitely. Jennifer Wright said, I hate cheering for the Bears. Hey, we're all going to be Bears fans tonight. There's no doubt about that. We'll talk about why here in a second. Bleed Green says, if the Packers make the playoff, Jay Love is getting a massive extension. Can't wait for the next couple of weeks. Go pack, go. I think that could very well happen now. It'll, it'll have to wait, I believe, 12 months. So it'll probably have to come around May or June. But yeah, if he continues to play the way he did this last game and, and really the two weeks before, um, Goody's the process is only going to go up on Goody, right? So you'll probably start those contract extensions, kind of get everything in place that way when that that uh, twelve month span hits. And to the best of my knowledge, that's the rules. That's what uh, Ian Rappaport was talking about the other day, and I think Adam Scheffner mentioned it too. They thought that was the rule, so we do have to throw those air quotes out there, right? So, so when uh, and when is the draft again? The draft is in April. Okay, so we could get an extension before the draft. Um, no, it has to. Well, oh, it has to be after that. 
you could agree to an extension. I don't know if if the rule is you can't sign two extensions within a 12 month span. I don't know if in the if, if in the rules it specifically says you can't negotiate within that. That could be in the CBA. Um, that would give people kind of an incentive to control how much they go back to the table to try to to try to restructure. Obviously, it limits. I think the goal is to limit teams from uh, from abusing that. You know what I mean? Right. And just being able to go back multiple times in the year. So, yeah, with that being said, the draft will hit in April, late April. Maybe they can, quote, unquote, agree to an extension. And then, uh, you know, once, once you hit that threshold of May or June, okay, bang, you've got it. And you know what? Let's be honest. The fact that the draft is happening in April, if you can negotiate and get a restructure or an extension in place, this front office kind of has the uh, has the advantage. You've got them under contract, a, a, a fairly small contract considering it's a starting quarterback, right? Um, so you got that small contract in place, and also you can go to him and be like, "Hey, we we really want to agree to an extension before the draft. If not, then we gotta we gotta make plans to draft a quarterback. You know, possibly we gotta protect ourselves. That might kind of put the ball in the Packers' court a little bit uh, from a negotiation standpoint. And who knows? They may maybe they don't even do business like that. I just think it's uh it's definitely worth mentioning that you know uh, as as uh, Andrew Brandt says uh, deadline spur activity right right that's right. Uh, deadline spur action that that goes in business across the board you get you find yourself in a stalemate in a business dealing or a contract you're trying to get closed whatever it might be I don't care what the business is you set a deadline things start happening. If you just leave it all wishy-washy, it just kind of hangs out there and emotions get attached and all that. It's like, hey, look, we want you here. We want this contract. We want to do this. Uh, here's our deadline. Let's make sure we get it done by then. You know? Rasul Douglas trade reeks of that as well, right? We had offers. Well, we there was there was chatter, and then all of a sudden the deadline is looming, and all of a sudden we get a we get an offer we can't refuse. And uh... <laughs> don't you start, don't you start this morning. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Josh Martin with the super chat says, uh, rooting for the Bears is like a wet fart on a hot summer day. It just doesn't feel right. You think God never farted? <laughs> hey, we appreciate that, Josh. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat, my man. Nick Nick responded with, eh, puking emoji. <laughs> um, all right, I like this right here. Chris in the chat said, I must admit, I think I was wrong about love with the heart eyes emoji. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, again, I, I want to see him finish the year. That's just me personally. Um, you know, it, we've been riding this roller coaster, and it's like, you know, two or three weeks go by, Tim. He's the guy, right? I was the one saying that going into like week three, going, hey, man, I think we might have our quarterback. Then he hits the slump, and I'm going, let's wait till the end of the year. Now he's back on that peak again. I think it will be smart. Let's let's let him finish the year out. Let's see how he performs under pressure, especially with playoffs on the line, that type of thing. Um, that's, yeah, that was, uh, that's where you're going to really find out what you got. That was what I was thinking too, you know, like regardless of how this season ends up, uh, regardless of the the level of play and the strides that we've seen him make recently, I still think we need that that full full season. And what a great way for evaluation too, to be in the mix like this towards the end and to really just see not not just Jordan Love, but really how this young team responds. Yeah. I mean, I look, look ahead to Sunday night here. We're really going to, going to see who this Packers team is. You know, they come home, they take care of business against Kansas City. The the entire National Football League will be put on notice about this young Packers team. The 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 secret and the cat will be out of the bag, so to speak. And um, you know, for evaluating him, 
you know, when it comes to Jordan Love, like that's perfect. You want to see how your, you know, your future franchise quarterback is going to deal with pressure, you know, going towards the end of the season and, uh, you know, grinding out playoffs and things like that. That's part of evaluation too. high pressure games, big moments. You know, you want to see how your quarterback's going to do under that pressure and that spotlight. And certainly things Thanksgiving Day in Detroit was uh, a great start for Jordan. Let's hope it continues. Um, got a couple more holiday games this year um, as well, you know, primetime games. And, you know, I think it's important. We got to see the whole year uh, to really know, um, you know, unequivocally what the move's going to be. Um, because, you know, we know GM's one of the toughest jobs in, in uh, football. And, uh, really is. you know, anything that Goody can get um, to help that, you know, decision-making process or uh, maybe change the draft board a little bit, whatever that that may be, you know, will help. So, you know, the more Jordan plays, the better. And, uh, you know, extending our season and getting a little postseason football in your first year of a, as a starter would be a, a great accomplishment. And it would be great for, um, you know, the staff to, to do some evaluation, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, Bill Huber wrote an article um, over at SI, and I just took a little a little piece of it here because you guys know we reported uh, going into Sunday's games the Packers had a playoff probability of like 25.7% or something like that crazy, right? Um, so what Bill Huber wrote was uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Not long ago, the question was whether the Green Bay Packers would wind up with a top five pick in the 2024 NFL draft. Now, following Thursday's victory at the Detroit Lions, it's whether they'll make a surprise run to a playoff spot. Before kickoff at Detroit on Thursday, the Packers were plus 265 to make the playoffs at FanDuel Sportsbook. That's an implied probability of 27.4%. On Sunday morning, that had improved to plus 118 or an implied probability of 45.9%. So, Tim, looking like 45.9% the Packers make the playoffs as things sit right now. Really, 45%. Uh, yeah. Hey, 45%. We need, we need to slow it down. No, we need to slow it down and go 45 <laughs> Um, So when you look at the standings, we kind of hit on it last night. The Packers currently sitting at eight seed at five and six. The Rams are right behind them at five and six. Saints right behind them at five and six. Uh, simply because the uh, – you know, like I said, the the uh, the tiebreaker there goes to the Packers where they beat the Saints. Now, you want the Falcons to win that South. You see they're in the fourth spot with the same record as the Saints. We're rooting for the Falcons to win the South. I may go down there and root them on in person, to be honest with you, because we have that tiebreaker over the Saints. We get the tiebreaker over the Rams. That's good news for the Packers. Now, the two teams we're kind of, quote, unquote, chasing are the Seattle Seahawks at 6-5 and five and the Minnesota Vikings at 6-5. and five. Guys, this what else could we ask for? for the way this season started, you know, and, and kind of the valley we hit and all the players that we've lost, the youngest team in the NFL. Like, what else could you ask for for this season than to be in the hunt at the end of the year? It's just absolutely exciting. Like you pointed out, Tim, going into this year, we, uh, you know, we were – I was kind of predicting – I'm thinking six to ten wins. And, and, listen, that ain't nothing, you know, prophetic by no stretch of the imagination. It's just simply – you know, this is the window I see them in, right? There was times it jumped all the way to 10 or 11, pretty, you know what I mean, pretty uh, pretty confidently. And then there was other times I was like, oh, man, it may be a five-win season. We'll see how it rolls. But looking like we're going to probably fall into that range somewhere between eight to 10 wins is I feel comfortable saying now with the way this team has kind of peaked. But Omer, one of our avid listeners, viewers here on YouTube, really appreciate your, uh, your passion for the show and the Packers, man, he tweeted me, tweeted at me last night and he had put this tweet together. Really cool. It says uh, it's basically the teams that are in the hunt, right, for the playoff spot. 
it's their remaining schedule. Okay, so obviously Green Bay, we got Kansas City at home. We're at the Giants. We got Tampa Bay at home. We're at Carolina. We're at Minnesota. We got Chicago at home. That's our remaining schedule. So um, I really like what he did here. Omer, I want to do this, man. If you if you're up to it and you seem like you are, you're always posting in the chat like crazy, man. You're always giving us you know specific statistics. Why don't you take on the task for us every week updating this for us, man? That would be absolutely awesome if you could do that um, because this is really, really helpful. It's something I definitely don't have time to do. I've got all kinds of people reaching out through email, uh, through text message, saying, hey, man, how can I help with the show? How can I help with the show? I love and appreciate everybody's enthusiasm. Thank you guys so much for offering. Um, and we'll probably will have a couple people help with stuff like this because it definitely makes the show uh, better when you guys kind of take control. So, Omer, if you want to do that, awesome. If not, no big deal either. Uh, but nonetheless, Minnesota ahead of us. Their remaining schedule is Chicago at home, at Vegas, at Cincy, uh, Detroit at home, Green Bay at home, and then at Detroit. So they got Detroit twice, Tim. Detroit, Vegas is playing better right now. I know they got beat by the Chiefs, but they're playing a little bit better, it seems like. Since he's never a pushover, if Burrow may play. I don't know if he's on IR or not. I know he didn't play yesterday. Um, I could I could very well see them losing three games there, man. I, I think it's going to come down to us controlling our own destiny um, there on the road in Minnesota, man. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing that – and, again, yeah, shout-out to Omer for the, the work here. This is perfect how this is laid out. I don't know if you can tell us straight on the screen, but I'd like to draw a big old circle around Seattle and their remaining schedule because that looks like, I mean, I don't want to jinx this man, but they got Dallas, San Francisco, and Philly, you know, and then it's like Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Arizona. Okay. I mean, I see three losses for Seattle. I mean, three, three strong possibilities at, at losses, some stronger than, than others, but um, you know, Oh, they're going to drop a few games. So we need to keep winning. Like you said, control our, our own destiny. Um, you know, the first step is getting into that wild card position. And then, yeah, like you said, putting ourselves in a position to, to beat Minnesota, uh, maybe leapfrog them a little bit here. And uh, you know, anything can happen, man. A lot of, a lot of ball game left. So um, it, it's great to see this breakdown. Um, because you know, for a while there, like you said, we it was a little doom and gloom for us here in Packerland, and um, you know we started talking draft in you know week three and four, and <laughs> things were getting a little hectic. Now we're talking playoffs. So, mm-hmm. hey man, all you got to do is win, right? Al Davis style, just win, baby. Absolutely. Um, so uh, Omer says in the uh, in the chat here, he said. Buccaneers, Giants, Bears, and Panthers are combined 12 and 33. Packers win all four games. If they win all four games, 91% playoff probability. So that's very, very interesting. Very interesting there for sure. Um, let's see here. Jake Shavink in the chat said, hard to predict the NFL, but the Hawks and Rams have uphill battles to the postseason. Just what you were saying there, Tim. Um, and it said, uh, Jake Shavink says, Burrow is indeed done for the year. Okay, so that changes everything in Cincy. I mean, they've been struggling with Burrow on the field. Granted, it's been a, a hobbled Burrow uh, all year long, so he is done for the year. Appreciate that info there, Jake, for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, Bleed Green in the chat says, I say if the Packers get at least 10 wins, we make the playoffs. That's the old saying, right? Win 10 and you're in, right? But like Omer pointed out, man, Eight to nine might get them in, you know. You, you kind of see that now where you got this extended season. Sometimes that can kind of come into play as well. But uh, what do you think? How many wins do you think it would take? Or do you look at it like that, Tim? Um, it, it's tough because of how the league is now with the extra game. And, 
you know, um, I I just think I'm 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 around that nine win. You know, I mean, we've seen teams sub 500 get into the playoffs before. You know, it's happened, um, and it's usually not pretty when they do. It's a pretty quick wild card weekend, <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, I I do think the Packers are going to need at least at least nine or ten um, to get in. But that, again, that all depends on uh, you know the help that we get or don't get, you know, cause you know, we can control our own destiny by winning ball games, but there's, there's some other things that need to happen too um, for us to kind of creep up there. But I'll, I will say this, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The green Bay Packers get in the, the league's in trouble. I, I firmly believe that this is not a team that uh, by any stretch of the imagination is, is a huge intimidating threat to, to our NFC rivals. However, I don't think any of these teams want to see green Bay in the playoffs. I think they're, they're, they're praying that we don't make it because there's a lot that's known or known about the Packers now, you know, stuff on film, but there's a lot that uh, people don't know. And um, you know, the playoffs are that opportunity too to, to get those first time matchups against teams that are going to have to, you know, do a lo- lot of unscouted looks and things of that nature, because there's, you know, there is no competition between the two that uh, previously. So um, I do think the Packers are going to, they're going to need a few more wins, obviously, to get in. You know, no one's going to do this for us, but uh, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, nine wins could, could get us into the playoffs. Definitely. Paul Robertson says, good morning. Currently filling up my tank with diesel. Gotta have that diesel, man. Gotta have it every morning. I poured just one big, big old cup, man. I think this is like a like an eighteen ounce coffee mug, man. Got your owner's cup over there, don't you? I see yeah, it. I yeah, see man. It. Got that that shareholder uh edition here. I found big this boy. That's why I like it. It's a big big boy cup right there. And see, I, I like to I like to hit the the real strong coffee with a lot of cream, right? So I go with the wide cups. You know, it makes me feel fancy. You know, you get the pinky. <laughs> you got your pinky up there. Absolutely. You kidding me? Is that how Larry McCarron drinks his coffee like that too, right? He, he drinks his with his pinky on the floor. We know that. <laughs> um, that thing dragging through the dining room when he's getting up in the morning. Uh, oh, no no offense, uh, Rock. We uh, we appreciate everything you do. Oh, we love that. Yeah. He doesn't take offense to that. There's no way. That's why that's a badge of honor, right? As if he's watching this show, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what a, what a great guest that would be, right? If we could get the Rock one time. Whew. You know, we, we got a long way to go, obviously, but there's going to be a day where we're going to have people like that. We're going to have the cliff crystals. Um, that's everything that we've done this far. I have put down on a game plan, right? And it's slowly just every piece is falling into place perfectly. Um, and, you know, one of the things we want to take pride in is the production value. We want to make sure that we, we're not just on here BSing and, uh, and wasting people's time. We want it to be, you know, you, when you guys come away, you learn something, we learn something, and we're ready for the next show to learn something else, right? Um, but, yeah, that's that's on the short list for sure. We got some guests that that I want to have on here, no doubt. Um, that's going to be the the goal anyway. We'll see. Uh, again, the, the best part, though, is just the interaction with other fans and, and creating this community that we all talk about. But Doug in the chat, a uh, member of the PTA Posse, appreciate you. And for those of you uh, watching online right now, hit that like button for us, help other Packer fans find this uh, this channel this broadcast. Doug says, I think Burrow was a flash in the pan. You can't take 50 sacks your rookie year and not have it catch up with you. That's a, uh, I think those are two different comments there, Doug. Um, I personally don't think Burrow is a flash in the pan. I respectfully disagree, but man, you're right. He got beat up those the first year or two, right? 
Um, but put it on the ticker. Doug thinks uh, Burrow might not be might not be the guy. We'll see, man. Um, I'll tell you this: he looked different this year. Now, you know the the age old question was it the injuries or is that the new the new norm? Right? You know, um, I don't know. I kind of I kind of lean toward it being the uh, I don't know. I kind of I, I lean toward it being the injury because when he started to get a little bit healthy, he could move around a little bit better after that calf strain or whatever it was. Um, he seemed like he was old Burrow there for a second, and then he got banged up again, but we'll see. Um, all right, let's do this. Let's move on to the next topic here. Another listener had asked us about the injuries, Tim. They said, hey, what's uh, what's the injuries look like for the Chiefs? All right, glad you asked. So, in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When it comes to the Chiefs injury report, this was their injury report going into the Vegas game, okay? McCole Hardman missed because he got a thumb injury. Jarek McKinnon, you guys heard us talk about Jarek McKinnon in the receiving stats, right? I think I think maybe the highest passer rating when targeted, um, that was uh, Jarek McKinnon, if I remember right. Okay, so he was out with a groin injury. We know how those groin injuries are. He was limited Wednesday, limited Thursday, and then did not participate Friday. He was out. Okay, so they kind of ruled him out. With it being a short week for them, guys, 
Um, actually, it's not a short week. It's it's basically a regular week for them, isn't it? Yeah, so scratch that. Um, so they're going from Sunday to Sunday. The groin gives me – and listen, I don't – I shouldn't say what I'm about to say, but listen, I'm just going to be real. I'm going to be honest. Um, if I think a player is going to miss, I want them to miss because it helps the Packers. I don't want them to be hurt. I don't want their career to be hindered, but I want the best shot for the Green Bay Packers to win. I think everybody's thinking that. We just kind of hold our, you know, bite our tongue a little bit when we're when we're talking about it. Growing or that, those are nothing to mess with, right? Um, that's what she said. The growing injury is like that. You you tweak that man, and it's uh, it's something that can can linger for sure. It it, it you know it just has to do. It affects every aspect of your game, your cutting ability, your overall speed, you know, even taking hits, all that. Um, so with the fact that McCole Hardman and Jarek McKinnon were out for Sunday, if there's a chance they miss two, then that would definitely help the Packers there, Tim. There's no doubt about that. Now, we found an article. This was by Matt Connor, okay, and it says, Chiefs News, three players suffer minor injuries against the Raiders. I'm going to rattle it off real quick because I think this is important. They said, following the game, Reed said that Moore tweaked his left knee. So, um, Moore is now Sky Moore tweaked his left knee a little bit, and that Donovan Smith came out for a quote stinger. He added Trey Smith hurt his right foot at the end there. Overall, Reed's assessment was that the Chiefs had a couple of injuries, but nothing too serious. And he goes on to say Andy Reed ended his press conference by saying that he expects everyone to be ultimately okay. Now we we know that's a bit of coach speak. Um, I don't think he's guaranteeing those guys are going to be healthy for the next game. I think it's just kind of a, a blanket statement. But he goes on in the article to say uh, these injuries compounded the health concerns that the Chiefs were already dealing with coming into week 12. Yeah, Crimea River. Before the game, the Chiefs added wide receiver Kadarius Toney to the injury report over the weekend with ankle and hip concerns and declared him out against the Raiders. Uh, they did the same with running back Jarek McKinnon due to a groin injury. The Chiefs also recently placed wide receiver McCole Hardman on injured reserve earlier this week. That's some information we didn't have, right? So that's good to know. Um, it will be interesting to see how the Chiefs manage the injuries on offense if Moore is unable to go for another week and McKinnon and Tony remain out as well. While some of the players hold minor roles, uh, depth is still a concern going forward. The Chiefs stay on the road with a trip to Green Bay, Wisconsin in week 13 to face the Packers at Lambeau. Um, given, I love that people just say at Lambeau rather than at Lambeau field. It's just awesome. I love it. Uh, given how tough the Packers have been playing lately and how tough an environment playing in green Bay can be, the chiefs will need to need all the help they can get. So I thought that was a cool little injury report update there, Tim. Um, again, you don't want to see anybody hurt, but there's no denying that that's, that's about as good a news as you could have other than maybe Pat Mahomes catching the flu last second and missing. Right. <laughs> You know, you're not lying too about the the groin injuries. I mean, back back in my uh, athletic days, you know, a hundred years ago when I was an athlete, um, you know, I've had pulled groin muscles, and yeah, you're right. And you know, we we talked about Quay Walker a little bit, right? You know how oh, you know Quay's back, but uh, doesn't quite look like himself. Um, well, yeah, he's dealing with a groin injury, um, and let's be honest, it, you can't tell me that he's he's not back out there probably a week or two earlier than than expected to help this team, you know? Um, so he's fighting through that. And, uh, those are those things. That's the type of injury too, where even when you recover from it, it's still kind of there, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really just go away. Um, you're still kind of dealing with that issue. And, um, some guys can be prone to that the rest of their career after they have that. We've seen that with Ja. Jaws had that, that issue, um, off and on throughout the years as well. And, uh, that dude's a, a yoga master. So it's like, it doesn't matter what you do. Sometimes they, they, they happen and they can affect your game. Um, 
and again, you know, we don't we don't wish injury on anyone, but yeah, the the less weapons the Chiefs have, the better. Because sometimes they got one of those rosters too. It's almost like San Francisco. I look I look at their depth chart and I'm just like, how this looks like a an eight year old cheating on Madden, building a building a roster with the salary cap turned off or something. It's just like, how do they do this? How do they create this depth? Um, and they're you know teams need it when it gets when it gets to this point of the year, you know, crunch time in the season. But yeah, the more banged up Kansas City is coming coming up to Lambo, Curly's crib, uh, the better the better off we are. Um, but hey, let's let's be honest. You know, when when the Chiefs uh, are are on, they're a dynamic offense, uh, regardless of personnel. Um, they've had their ups and downs too offensively this year, uh, drop issues, things like that. So hopefully, it is a a cold and rainy and wet and wild one up there in uh, uh, at Lambeau. But um, yeah, man, you know, injuries go both ways. We're banged up too. It's going to be a great game either way about it. I think uh, I I don't anticipate a blowout either way. Um, I think we're going to have us a nail biter on Sunday night football. Yeah, definitely, man. I think it's going to be great. The whole country watching, right? Really the whole world watching Sunday night football Lambo. I think the weather, I was just looking it up. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, Sunday night, it's uh, a low of 30 and they're saying periods of rain and snow, low near 30 winds, light and variable chance of pre- uh, precipitation is 50%, like five mile an hour wind. The wind shouldn't be a factor. Of course we know, that can change in a heartbeat up there on the bay. Tim, you know that better than anyone. But, Lil, wouldn't it be cool for the, the temperature to drop a little bit further, right? Think about that growing injury. If they do, if that, if that, you know, some of those guys do play banged up, that thing's going to get tight, man. And uh, you get a little bit of snow falling at Lambeau Field under the lights, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, Chris N in the chat says, when are we get, uh, when are we going to get an O'Mare live watch party? What we need – is to put a camera. We got a little bit of footage of Omer actually. Yeah, we, no, 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 that's him saying in French, "Fire everybody!" Right? Fire <laughs> them all. What we need is a day in the life of Omer, and I just want to put one of those GoPro cameras right on his hat, where we can see everything he sees for the day. And uh, I think that would be absolutely awesome. Omer is the man. There's no doubt about that. Um, let's see here. Uh, Bleed Green says, "Craft breakout game." A Obviously, Musgrave, he's on IR, right, Tim? So we're we're going to be missing him for at least three more weeks, if I understand the rules correctly. So um, Tucker Craft looked a lot more comfortable this game. Granted, PFF said he graded out pretty bad. Um, I personally didn't see it so much on tape, but I wasn't really looking for Craft. The the Tutter, let's all be honest, it was a gimme, right? It was a layup. So um, it's hard to kind of judge that. But there was a couple of times in pass blocking scenarios where I thought, hey, he held his own right there, right? Now, they grade – they grade the top of the the tape a lot more uh, strenuously than I do, right? They're a lot more critical than I am um, because I'm kind of looking for what made the play go as opposed to who screwed up on each individual play. That's why I like PFF and uh, being able to use that kind of as a base to go to and say, okay, here's how people generally played. Now let's go listen to Mike Wall. Let's go listen to JTO Sullivan, Kurt Benkert, other people kind of break the tape down. But yeah, so, uh, I can see that, man. I'll tell you this, Tucker Craft, you can tell he loves being a part of this team. You can tell his teammates love him. And there's nothing he'd want more than on Sunday night football to get uh, to get in the crowd with a Lambeau leap, right, Tim? Oh, absolutely. I, w- I would love to see him have a great, great breakout game. And, um, you know, it reminds me of uh, – I can't remember where I saw this. I saw – so, you know, don't quote me on this. But there was something I saw after the Detroit game, and they were talking about um, – Dan Campbell, what he what he does with uh, the some of the rookies 
uh, in Detroit is he rewards them with targets in the offense based on what they're doing with the little things like in special teams, you know, hitting your blocks, that kind of thing. So they go to the film room and then they'll see you doing those things. And then the next game you're going to get rewarded with targets in the offense. It's like, that's not a bad, uh, it's not a bad, I mean, we might have to steal that, right? That's not a bad approach dealing with young players because I mean, look at Tucker Kraft. you know, he had issues with this during camp, you know, coming around and hitting his blocks and, and these sort of things. And he's really cleaned it up. And um, I think Musgrave going down really, you know, it kind of lights a fire under you, right? You know, you see a teammate go down and uh, you know, at your position in, in, in your tight end room there, and uh, it's an opportunity for you to step up and you can tell uh, Tucker's put a, an emphasis on doing those small things that uh, need to be done at the tight end position. And uh, we're seeing more targets in the offense. So I don't know if coach LaFleur has got the same mentality. Maybe there's our own version of that uh, reward system, um, you know, for targets in the, in the offense, whether it's in the passing game or the run game, but yeah, man, Tucker craft is, is uh, really fun to watch. You know Um, he's kind of been overshadowed by Musgrave a little bit. Uh, and now he's getting a chance to kind of fill a role in this offense and step out on his own. And it'll be great to see uh, see that on Sunday night. I hope the the Kraft family is out there uh, deep, too. He's got a big family. Uh, there's a couple pictures on uh, social media. He's got a lot of support from his family, which is always yeah. great to see. And they kind of come and uh, take over Lambeau. And uh, it'll just be great to see on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Paul Robertson here in the chat says, PTA Posse coffee mugs would be awesome with a little diesel symbol on the side, right? Uh, or maybe a regular could, or unleaded. You could do like a, a diesel tank gauge, right? Where you could see, you know, quarter tank, half tank, three quarters full type thing, right? There you go. Um, that's definitely on the short list. The the goal, I'm in the works with it right now. We're going to try to have hats, T-shirts, hoodies, and definitely coffee mugs. Got to have coffee mugs. So awesome. we're working on that stuff now. I know YouTube has the option to have a store. Um, I also want to make sure it's good quality, though. I don't mean to be bougie, but there's nothing worse than spending money on merch and it being crappy quality, you know, products. So yeah, uh, especially if you're paying forty bucks for a T-shirt, right? Right, and uh, <laughs> and you know, it's it's more or less a donation than something you. I would want to create something that you guys would want to wear. And it, it looked good, be comfortable, all those things. So we'll, we're going to get on that, I promise. we got a lot of things in the work. That's on that short list that we talked about here earlier in the show that I've been working on trying to get things kind of organized. Uh, Jeffrey in the chat said, this season looks like a success already. I can't help but think uh, about five picks in the top 100 for this team next year. We can upgrade at three or four spots. Oh, man, I am, exci- am I excited. One thing you can say about Goody, he's got draft picks set in place for, uh, for the future, Tim. And, uh, you know, Sometimes we we point out we definitely I shouldn't say sometimes we always point out the missed picks more than the picks you hit on. And I've heard some people throw different numbers. I've some heard some people say that the GM success rate on quote unquote hitting draft picks is like 25 percent. I've heard others say it's closer to 40 percent. I don't know what the actual number is. uh, But with that being said, you know, the only way you can fix that, whether you're good, bad or indifferent, is take multiple swings right? Take multiple swings. That's why I've always been a fan of trading back, trading back and just taking multiple swings because the, the contract hits get cheaper. However, when you find yourself in a position that you might be a bottom five team, like we kind of felt like we were at the first of the year, you've got to be aggressive and get those key pieces put in place. Now, Kenny Clark starting to play his best football. Let's hope that continues. Uh, obviously, 
Uh, Josh Myers, if he can stabilize the center position, I think that'll be huge as well. The tackling on defense has got to continue to improve, that type of thing. But uh, what do you think about the uh, the draft coming up as far as all the picks we've allocated? It's pretty exciting stuff when you've got a, an opportunity to, to hit on four or five potential starters, right? Absolutely. I think Jeffrey's spot on here with this comment. You know, we can upgrade three or four spots. I see that. And uh, we've we've already talked a little bit about where what those three or four spots might be um, and where we're going to draft. And I'm with you trading, trading down or trading back. Um, you know, we get steals in the draft sometimes too. And, uh, you know, it's true. We focus on the ones that Goody misses more than the ones that he hits on. And, uh, I think this year's, you know, the 2023 rookies, uh, so far so good. Right. I mean, I, I guess our biggest concern is probably Anders Carlson at this point, as far as the rookies go. So, uh, yeah, a lot to be excited about going forward. Yeah. And, you know, Really, it's the expectation going into the season, you know, thinking, okay, this is going to be a a really down year. Again, man, six to ten is a broad prediction, a broad, you know, kind of kind of statement, but uh, or not even really a statement when you think about it. But the thought of us competing for the playoffs, I can't say it enough, man. What else could you ask for as a Packer fan? You know, especially with having the youngest team in the league, those kind that wide receiver room. If if Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, and Luke Musgrave continue to improve, right? From a young target standpoint, and, and again, Christian Watson peaked, right, seemed, seemed to hit his stride on Sunday. We know Romeo Dobbs, one of the best 50-50 ball receivers that we've had in Green Bay in a little while, man. He, he That's definitely his strength is that 50-50 back shoulder throw in the red zone is absolutely dangerous. You want to set a formation, get yourself in position to where you got that guy one-on-one on the outside with a, a, a less than stellar corner, and it's game on. They got to choose. Are we putting our best corner on him or Christian Watson, who's, you know, six foot four? Right. Um, on top of that, you got Jaden Reed working the middle, softening up the slot. You've seen that touchdown uh, catch on Sunday. I still think that that uh, that Watson ran the right route, man. Just based off of what I've seen, that plays in their playbook. We've seen it before, where they're kind of running the tosser with a quick little out, a quick little flat almost. You're trying to just get one quick side adjustment for the quarterback. But again, when I hear other football uh, former football players say, "No, there's no way that was the right route," I gotta. I got a bow to that, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, nonetheless, I you know, I think that they're in a position with these young targets or young pass catchers, man, where the cap hit is so small, man. Like, we got one of the cheapest wide receiver rooms. Somebody pointed out, I think our cap hit in our receiver room as a whole was like $6.5 million this year, Tim. And yeah. Thank God we're going to need it. We got, a, we got a David Bakhtiari contract to deal with. Yeah, so definitely. We're going to need it. Alan Lazard's is, I think, over $11 million this year. So one receiver who was a healthy and active scratch on Sunday for the Jets, one receiver is getting paid more as far as cap hit allocation um, than our entire receiver room. That's just absolutely wild. Um, yeah. Paul Robertson here in the chat says, A.J. Dillon gets an extra 10 yards every time the temperature drops. That's a fact, man. And, and you know, we got to put some – we got we to gotta start putting some spec on A.J. Dillon's name because he's starting to turn it up, man. He, he's had a rough start. We all know this offensive line has struggled, um, you know, run blocking this year. Pass blocking, they've been one of the best uh, best offensive lines in, in football. But uh, run blocking, it's been absolute hot garbage. The fact that he's starting to turn it on now, no better time to do it with a big bruiser back than when it turns cold, Tim. I mean, you you start you start feeling those pads a little bit more when the when the weather turns cold, man. Absolutely. And he's so fun to watch when he gets going like that. You know, I've always said him and Jonesy, thunder and lightning. Uh, 
Sometimes you need some of that thunder, some of that thunder snow uh, that we have with, with AJ as the season uh, grinds on. But, you know, backs like that are, are great to have, you know, the, the quick twitch athletic, um, you know, threat in the passing and run game running backs are phenomenal, but we've got a big back. That's a threat in the pass game as well as the run game. And um, I, I love AJ when he gets them pads down and just finishes those runs. Uh, he's he's great for that extra push, man. Get the Quadzilla is no joke. You know he can get stood up and uh, get you an extra three four yards there as moving the pile. Uh, you ever see it? You'll see a lot of times we don't. AJ will be stopped at the line sometimes, and he doesn't even need the tush push or a little help. He just keeps those legs going and falls forward and gets another you know chunk of yards, which is which is great because that's what this time of year is all about, especially outdoor games, right at, at, at Lambeau Field, and you know you. You need that uh, that grind. You need that grinder on your team that's going to just get it done down and dirty in the trenches and uh, protect the football. You know, I remember AJ early in his career had had fumble issues, and um, yeah. you know that that's something that's been corrected. And uh, you know, I trust him with the ball in his hands. And um, you know, you need that in your backfield for sure. Yep, no doubt about it, man. Um, and again, he's he's turning it up at the right time. It's just it's it's exciting to see uh, to see him kind of hit his peak here for this season anyway at the right time. Number one Packer fan says to be fair that touchdown does not work if Kraft doesn't handle that block so well. Completely agree um, with that. I mean he played it as as good as he could. There's no doubt. And then I think it was Jeffrey in here also said um, Kraft really fooled that guy, wasn't it, Hutchinson? So just so everybody understands too on that that specific play, on that play it's not Hutchinson's job to cover. Craft, okay. Craft is simply, you know, Hutchinson's rushing the quarterback. Craft's job is to sell the fact that he's blocking him, so the backer behind him will go ahead and find work. And that's exactly what happened. He held on long enough. The thing I liked about it, luckily, he didn't get called for a hold because typically you don't get called for a hold on this. Lock up inside the pad, inside the framework, and then jerk that jersey down, and you can see Hutch kind of get pulled down. And we know Tucker Craft's a grown boy. Like that, that guy is. I mean, he's got all the measurables. There's no doubt about it. That's the reason they draft him. He's got this extremely high upside. He's just got uh, – he's very, very raw, hasn't played football at a very high level for a long time. So, um, yeah, all in all, he did everything he was supposed to do. But I do want to mention that um, it wasn't Hutchinson's job to cover him, and he, it wasn't that he fooled Hutchinson. It wasn't a screen where you had blockers out in front. It was real simple, a chip, what we call a leak. You'll hear me on Chalk Talk say, why leak or you leak, right? What that means in a leak is you're going to block – and then release. It's a delayed release route where you're you're not you're doing two things. You're slowing down the edge defender or whoever it is you're blocking. Sometimes you can run kind of a little leak from the inside out with the tailback with the T. Um, you're doing two things. You're you're helping slow that defender down, getting to the quarterback. But you're also convincing. You're selling. You're sugaring the backers or the safety that's in the box, the robber safety. That okay, he's blocking. Let me go find work. And then all of a sudden, bang, you're out. You got five, five to seven yards separation. Beautiful play call by LaFleur. There's no doubt about that, man. Um, I'm really excited about our tight end room in the future, too. Like, you know, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave. I mean, when's the last time you've seen, you know, we hear about like wide receiver tandems. We just talked about tandem running backs, right? But what about having two monster young tight ends on your payroll yeah. playing well? You know, I mean, I, have we seen that before? You know, like most teams, you have this standout tight end. You got a role player behind them. 
I mean, I think there's a potential here. We could really could have a two-headed monster in in Luke Musgrave and, and Tucker Craft. It's exciting. Yeah, and the league is very cyclical. You've seen this. You guys remember back in the day when the Patriots were winning Super Bowls, or I say back in the day like it was decades ago. But one of the things that they had going for him, and I'm going to mention his name. Listen, whether you think it was CTE that forced him to do it or whatever, uh, some people say that tied in, you know, because he, you know, obviously was was convicted of murdering someone. But when you had Gronk already on the roster, I think I think they drafted him about the same time, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, right? Yep. Um, yep. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's a good example of 12 personnel, right? They, they, they use 12 and then they could spread it out. And what's crazy is they could even go empty early on. And what I mean by that, they could go 0-2 personnel. People are going, what in the What have you been smoking, Clayton? That's right, 0-2. They would have zero running backs on the field. And they would go three wide receivers, two tight ends. So immediately the defense is that personnel is called into the headset and they're sending their pers- their defensive personnel on the field to match that. O2, early on in that process when they would go O2, and I followed this real close because I love looking at the personnel cycles across the NFL. The defensive coordinator was like, well, hell, they're not going to run the ball. Let's go dime. So they would send dime out there. Some some cases they would send quarter out there. Not quarters coverage. Quarter is – you know, seven DBs, right? Dime is six. Five is, uh, you know, five is nickel. Six is dime. Seven is quarter. In some cases, it's one down lineman, two edge defenders. You just got a three-man rush. They would send that out there, and they would put Aaron Hernandez in the running back spot. They would they would flex it out wide, get them thinking all their whole defense set. Last second shift, Aaron Hernandez would come in the backfield. They'd hand the ball to him because a lot of people don't know that, but he kind of played H at Florida when Tebow was there. So uh, he's someone who could run the football. That was the last time I seen 12 really excel. Now, Bill Belichick has tried to rekindle that over the last few years, went out and spent a bunch of money. Um, on. He's still doing it, actually. Spent a bunch of money on Hunter Henry and free agency, right? And he brought in Jonu Smith. Now, Jonu Smith ended up being booty cheeks, so they just cut him or traded him or whatever, and they just ate the cap hit because like two years into that progr- that process, that, that, that experiment, it just didn't work out. But then they went out and got Gasicki. So now they got Hunter Henry and Gasicki. So they're still trying the 12 personnel thing. But again, they got one of the worst offenses in the league, Tim. The league is cyclical. It worked years ago. People are trying to bring it back. We pointed out personnel-wise right here on the show, the Packers' success out of 11 compared to 12. 11 personnel is working more than 12 personnel right now. And I get it. It comes down to the, the best players on the field. That that makes the biggest difference. You know, when you when the game's on the line, think player, not play. But these are just kind of thinking out loud the cyclical nature. But, yeah, that's the last one that comes to mind for me where they had a lot of success was that 12 personnel that that New England ran with Hernandez and Gronk for sure. So um, I see Omer here in the chat. I hate to go on those little side tangents, but, man, it just uh, – I love I love the personnel aspect of football, dude. I just I – I nerd out over that stuff big time. Omer says, a key to beating Mahomes is time of possession and pressure. Keep them off the field. Shut their weak run game down. Put it on Mahomes and keep the heat on. He'll throw ints. Uh, you do 
uh, love no INTs. Yeah, it's going to come down to turnover differential. There's no doubt about that. He'll give you a couple shots a game, especially if you got these balls bouncing off receivers' hands. I know they've had drop issues as well. Been a big argument on Twitter about that. There's <laughs> no doubt. And no, we've got more drops than you. It's a hell of a thing to argue about between two fan bases, Packers fan bases and Chiefs fan bases trying to convince the other they have more drop issues. But Doug in the chat said, I agree with Jeffrey. The season is just fun. Playoffs exciting, but not but not disaster if they don't quite get there. It's, it's what we talked about in the preseason, playing with the house's money, for sure. Omer says, making the playoffs is important. It's a stepping stone for them to gain experience and mature. Uh, most teams don't go from the bottom to the Super Bowl in a year. It's progressive steps. I remember one that did, though. I remember one back in 2010. Nobody expected it. Um, number one Packer fan, I need AJ to go prime Eddie Lacy. LOL, bumping off of people, running through helmets, stiff arms. Give me all that. Give me that spin move too, Tim. Was Eddie Lacy not a blast, dude? One of my oh favorite my actors, bro. Oh, my gosh, dude. I mean, like, I want to call him a power back, but then you look at some of Eddie Lacy's tape and you're like, man, dude had – had wheels for his size yeah and he had a little juke game too he would he could shake you too it's not just running over guys but of course the bulk of it was yeah lowering the boom and just refusing to be tackled basically you know it's almost like a guy that was like just like allergic to being tackled and then you know the what that can do to an opposing defense is priceless right you got a running back like that that can just be a workhorse and you know it takes three four five defenders to bring them down. You got guys running all over the field, chasing this dude. And then by the time they make a tackle, I mean, they're exhausted. You, you know, you talk about personnel, you got to sub more, you know, a, a back like that can really change the flow of a game. Uh, it can change how you're calling a game defensively. So yeah, I'm with it all day, man. Let's, let's go AJ Dillon. Let's bring the thunder man for sure. Look at this. We got Josh Martin with the super chat breaking the news. I just seen it come across the ticker over here on, on Good Morning Football, too. Panthers have fired Frank Reich. Um, when do we play them? We played them, uh, what is it, three, three weeks, weeks from now? Yeah. 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 I think two or three weeks from now. Um, we played them, Josh. So yeah, they've been they've been booty cheeks. Now, I will say this more times than not, when they fire a head coach in season, you've seen it with the Raiders earlier. You've seen it with the Raiders a couple of years ago. It's funny. We keep talking about the Raiders firing coaches. Um, it kind of creates a spark sometimes, right? So you, you listen, any given Sunday, I don't care that the Panthers are the worst team in the league. Any given Sunday, the worst team in the league can beat the best. You got to go out there and prepare. You got to be uh, completely locked in on, okay, what, how do we beat them? First of all, what do they do? Why do they do it? How do we beat them? And how do we put ourselves in the best position to execute the game plan that we put together to beat them? And also, don't be so egotistical that if that game plan flops because they do a 180 and do something totally opposite from what you expect, to be able to abandon the game plan and be able to get into what you know is going to work. You know, we used to talk about it all the time, and I can't even remember the exact terminology Michael Lombardi used, but the first quarter, you're you're trying the openers, you're trying to fill out, okay, what's what's the – What's the defense doing? What's their offense doing? The second quarter and third quarter is about adjusting to what they're doing, and the fourth quarter is just a standalone game, right? You treat it like this is a brand-new football game going into the fourth quarter. But what do you think about that, man? Them firing uh, Frank Reich here uh, with what, however many years or however many weeks left? What is it, five, six weeks we got left here? I mean, that's a telltale sign that things are things are bad, right? You don't make a move like that usually in this league unless unless you absolutely have to. You know, we dealt dealt with that with Mike McCarthy. You know, I still I still wasn't a fan of 
you know, I thought maybe he could have finished that year out um, just out of respect kind of thing. But, you know, sometimes you have to make that move. You know, if a coach loses the locker room or, you know, y- you have to. So I understand. Um, I don't think Frank Reich's a terrible coach, but uh, hey, man, you know, where was he before in- Indianapolis and then then to uh, Carolina? I mean, how many chances do you get in this league, you right. know, as a, as a head coach? I mean, look at uh, um, Josh McDaniels, right? Um, in Or Josh Daniels in uh, in Vegas, you know? Same thing that, you know, he basically repeated what he did in Denver when he had a crack at Denver, you know, made a made a couple of interesting maneuvers and attached himself to the wrong wrong quarterback. And he did it again in Vegas. And now he's, you know, looking for a job. So, um, yeah, man, it's always tough. You, n- you never want to see someone lose their job. But, hey, at the end of the day, man, it's it's a business at this level. Right. And yeah. um you know, and hey, that that's true. What you said is true. Carolina could, you know, be dangerous now. Um, not that they're playing for anything, but a lot, right. you know, pride is one one thing that you play for. You know, you've been getting your your butt whooped all year, going out and beating a team like the Packers, who are, you know, on the ascent, is something that guys will play for. That'll tune you up and get you ready to play. Um, but yeah, man, we cannot take these games for granted. Like we said last night, right? Those should be wins when we look at that chunk of the the Giants, the Bucks and uh, the Panthers. But, hey, like you said, any given Sunday, man, you know, that's the respect we talk about in this league. You know, you have to have a, you know, it's like art of war, right? You got to respect your opponent. You don't want to fear them, but you have to have that respect. So, um, you know, and Carolina, they got a, they got a young quarterback, right? Who can, who can be electric when he wants to be and, you know, has, you know, some years to develop here. But I don't think we can write any of these off as automatic wins. Um, So, uh, we got to be on our A game all the way through. Yeah, and when you're talking about Frank Reich being in Indy and then going to uh, going to Carolina, you know he was the OC for um, the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Doug Peterson was head coach. They won a Super Bowl. They were RPO central. If you guys don't know, the RPO got so popular in the NFL here recently because of Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson was Brett Favre's backup in Green Bay. Doug Peterson said he they were running RPOs all the way back when Brett was quarterback. You guys remember how Brett would hand the ball off and he would do that full fake to the slant, right? Like pretend like he's going to throw the slant, hand the ball off, or hand the ball off and pretend like he still had the ball, throw the slant. They said in practice one day, this was Doug Peterson talking, Favre looked up and said, you know, when we hand that ball off, that slant's open. Do you want me to take a quick look? And if it's open, just hammer that slant. And that's where the Packers slants, Packers slants was a big term. You're telling me Brett Favre invented the RPO? <laughs> I'm not saying he invented it, but he had a lot to do with it. Doug Peterson mentioned that. So Doug Peterson rekindles that RPO in Philly. They go and win a Super Bowl, right? Well, he has a falling out with the front office. Obviously, he gets fired. But Frank Wright gets a job in Indy as the head coach. The RPO absolutely flopped in Indy. The same year that the RPO flopped in Indy, guess where else it flopped? Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah. So last year when I was saying this is LaFleur's offense, this is more LaFleur's offense than it's ever been, they were leaning on RPO and a lot of motion. People refused to believe me, but they ran more motion last year than they did the year before when Aaron won the MVP. So you gotta, we all got to learn and lower the ego and acknowledge the fact that we got to go to the tape What's actually happening on the field? What happened? Why did it happen? What I noticed was the league caught on to the RPO. 
I go across the league and go, okay, what teams within the Shanahan coaching tree is having success? Huh, they're not leaning on the RPO as much, and they're having success. Seattle was spreading things out with uh, with tw- 11 and 12 personnel, and they were having success with Geno Smith last year. Why is that? Because they expected their offensive coordinator who came from the Rams to continue doing what the Rams were doing, and he adjusted, right? So RPO failed in Indy. Frank Wright loses his job, takes a year off, goes to Carolina, tries to do the RPO again. They get their butts handed to him. He's out of a job again. The RPO right now is very, very limited, very limited. Now, what is Green Bay doing to make the RPO work? Remember that read option on Sunday? Remember the read option? I think it was week one or week two where he kept it and faked the guy out of you know, out of his out of his jock strap and, and went in the end zone for a touchdown. They're running running more of an RPR, and that makes the RPO open up a little bit more. But they're not running the RPO near as much as they did with Aaron Rodgers. So they've they've adjusted now. The offense has they've simplified things. Less sifts, less pulling offensive linemen, less pulling offensive linemen, I should say. Now they're starting to get back to a little bit of that sifting, a little bit of that pulling because it's kind of charged back up. Defenses haven't been looking at. So, um, yeah, when it comes to Frank Reich, though, I think he's uh, ego gets in the way, man. No, we can make this work. We can make this work. I think Bryce Young's going to be a great quarterback. That's just me personally. But mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that that Jeff Teffer is doing down there. Uh, the owner for the Carolina Panthers is he's looking up and he's got, he's a very smart businessman. I guarantee you he's got a council he goes to every single week and they're probably looking up going, look, this is not working. It's not going to work. We're going to ruin this quarterback if we continue down this path. So uh, you change things up with Frank Reich, obviously losing that job. You, like you said, you don't want to see anybody lose their job, Tim, but Frank Reich's okay. He's doing all right. He's, he's made plenty of money. There's no doubt about that, but Josh Martin, thank you for the super chat. Thank you for the update. Go ahead, Tim. I was going to say he'll probably end up somewhere, right? Coordinator, oh, yeah. um, advisor, consultant, assistant, whatever. I mean, yeah, it's yep. not over for him at all. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Uh, Derek K in the chat said two possible all pro level tight ends. It's been a long time since we had two, uh, two pass catchers. Yeah, um, I, I we got to listen. I'm not telling anybody how to fan. Me personally, I'm trying to curb the enthusiasm because <laughs> I look at Tucker. He doesn't look like he's ready to play at the NFL level. I want him to because I love his energy. I love his attitude. Him and Bach chugging beers together. Him doing Lambo leap, them spilling beer all over him. He just seems like one of those tight ends you want, you know, almost like a Gronk type. I was figure. just going to say, yep. Not, that type not of personality. Here, we got to check it, Tim. We're not saying he's going to be Gronk. I'm just saying personality, right, Tim? Yeah, there's things that remind you of that. You know, George Kittle's one of those guys, too, in San Francisco, kind of falls into that that category that, that, you know, everybody wants a tight end like that on your team. You, you, you have to, you have to, you almost have to have that guy, right. You know, get a little bit of fire, um, you know, keep it light when you need to keep it light, but um, Hey, work hard, play hard. Right. And uh, Tucker craft fits that bill for sure. But like you said, he's raw. Um, I think Musgrave is a little more refined than, than Tucker craft. Um, But they're both young, young tight ends. And um, you know, he's just, He's going to continue to uh, develop, and uh, it's, it's going to be fun to watch him grow. And really cool to see him get these snaps. You know, he's getting more snaps and uh, more involved in the offense. Yeah. And then on the other side with with Luke Musgrave, like Bleed Green says, Luke Musgrave is a dog for playing through that injury. Didn't say anything about it till after the game. Had a lacerated kidney. You know what it was? And this yeah, dude, and you can see he goes – we showed the play where he got hurt. He goes to the sideline, points to the side. Hunker's over. They say it looked like they said, Do you want to go to the tent? Is what I think they said. And he went, Nope. And goes back out there and do 
And he's probably thinking, hey, I knocked the wind out of myself, right? He's probably thinking, let me catch my breath. And then he's probably slowly realizing that it ain't that. (laughs) You know, wait a minute, something else is going on. But yeah, man, a a throwback to a bygone era in the NFL, right? Good old-fashioned, hard-nosed, leave me alone. I'm going to suck it up and play through the rest of this game. That I mean, extend them now if you could. I don't care. Give them the contract. That's I want guys like that in my locker room. Period. You you yeah. got to be willing to put it out there, um, and especially at the tight end position, right? That's a that's a you got to be a tough sob to play that play that really position, do, man. Nick McSwain in the chat says uh, he's a member of the PTA posse. He said Chiefs defense is good. Uh, Nick, he also said, uh, I'm more concerned about the Chiefs defense than their offense. Completely agree. They got a top three, top five defense right now. Um, Chris Jones in the middle, absolutely awesome. Uh, they can create turnovers too. I think it's going to come down to turnover differential, controlling that, uh, controlling the clock, protecting the ball. One thing about the way Mahomes plays, he stops the clock a lot, right? Um, so uh, that's something that if you can kind of, just take what the defense gives you on offense, right? And I'm going to watch a little bit of their tape today to get a little bit better understanding. Tonight, we're going to do a PFF preview and show how the individual matchups kind of go with that game. But, yeah, I'm completely on board with you, Nick. Their defense is solid, man, no doubt about it. Uh, Doug in the chat says, by the way, Jim Carter, Packers linebacker from the 1970s, passed away. I remember Carter and Fred Carr were the anchors of that linebacking core. You know, that's the thing that always gets uh, gets kind of lost in the shuffle, Tim. In the 70s and 80s, you know, some some really bad football teams, but there were some great players on those teams too, man, that, that kind of get overlooked. You know, we talk about Lynn Dickey a lot in the 80s. Um, there are several players in the 70s there that were solid players. So hate to hear that about Jim Carter. Obviously, thoughts and prayers go out to uh, to his family. That's right. I said prayers. If it makes you mad, find something else to watch. We all have the right to believe the way we want to believe. Um, Amen. Sucks to see someone uh, someone pass like that, man. And, and it, I talk about it all the time. Uh, man, it's like, the older I get, you're seeing these John Maddens, Pat Summerall's, these legends of the game. Heck, even some of the younger guys, Junior Seau with uh, with CTE, um, some of the greats that you grew up watching play football, you see them passing away, and it's like, man, it sucks getting old, dude. It yep. sucks. And, and it's you got to slow down and appreciate. We were talking about Chris Collinsworth off the air, right? I, I personally like Chris Collinsworth. I love that he, he kind of took over PFF. I love hearing him call a game. Everybody's got their own quirks, their own style. I'm not going to make the same mistake I made with John Madden because when John Madden was calling games, there was times I'd be like, here he is drawing on the screen again, just acting goofy. This And the second he was gone, I mean the second he was gone, I was like, damn, I miss John Madden, man. Um, Let's appreciate what we got while we've got it is all I'm saying. But uh, like I said, uh, sucks for the the Carter family there and uh, prayers go out to – to that crew, that clan for sure, man. Um, let's see what else we got here. Perfect Dark says, got to trust in Joey B and stop criticizing him. Hey, if there's something to criticize, criticize him, right, Perfect Dark? But when you got a top-10 defense and now you played two stellar offenses, let's uh, put some spec on that name, right? I completely agree with you. Um, Chris N in the chat says, Clayton, do you see Matt LaFleur getting away from all the wide receiver lead blocking? Seems to be something that just doesn't work. Um I don't see the problem personally, Chris. I don't see the problem from the receivers not blocking. I see the problem with the condensed sets. We hardly ever run out of spread sets. And I think that's where the key to unlocking the running game is. I could be wrong. I'm not trying to say I'm the, you know, the the grand poobah with football X's and O's here. But when I look at the tape, when you got the condensed sets, the defense can really kind of tighten up on you. 
you were to spread things out and give give a little uh, a little eleven trips or, or eleven tray, right? And then run weak side once you because you you put on tape the last couple of weeks, last three weeks really. Jordan Love can wing the ball, right? His accuracy starting to get a little bit better. Uh, Pre snap, post snap decision making is getting better. He's playing on time. Now that you got that on tape, if you come out in those same eleven looks, you run a couple of draws. I think that's going to open things up uh, in the running game. But I just don't. I personally think it's the condensed sets. Now, when you're seeing wide receivers, you know, quote unquote, you know, not successfully blocking, not that they're not trying. Um, most of the time, the reason you go to those condensed sets, what we talk about, the nasty splits where the receivers are all lined up inside the numbers, they're looking to crack on defensive ends. You're trying to get creative with your blocking scheme, um, not just defensive ends, but cracking down on backers as well. Um, I think all that's on tape. And we talk about the league being cyclical, right? And right now, I think 11 personnel is the way to go for the most part. Not that you shouldn't go to 12 occasionally, but we were forced to go 11 last game. And again, I don't think we had one 12 personnel play on Choctaw, Tim. Um, no. The reason being is because we were so banged up at the tight end position. Tucker Kraft was really the only go-to guy. You had Ben Sims in there occasionally. But for the most part, the explosive plays came from 11 personnel. Sometimes you go through a season and, you know, out of the negative things that happen in the season, whether it be injuries or negative plays, it forces you into something you otherwise wouldn't have done. And you go, Hark, this works. Yeah. I hope that that continues with 11 personnel, at least till teams start to key in on it. Then you can go back to condensed sets a little bit more. But what do you think? Do you think the wide receiver lead blocking is an issue, Tim? I don't think it's an issue. I think, um, first of all, these are young wide receivers. Um, and we got a couple of them. Malik Heath's a dog out there uh, in the blocking game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't think you get away from it. I, I think you refine it. I think these guys are going to get better at it. And let's be honest, uh, you know, a wide receiver blocking a, a defensive end is a crapshoot anyway. I mean, <laughs> if you can get out there and get in the way and just not hold the guy and draw a flag, you're, you've done a good job, in my opinion. I mean, it's, it's like me playing one-on-one against Shaq. You know, it's just not, not going to go well. Um, but, uh, you know, we want our pass catchers to be more than pass catchers because that's how you develop versatility in your offense. Um, you know, a receiver that can block as well as catch the football, run good routes is, is clutch. But, um, you know, I'm with you, Clayton. I don't, I don't see us getting away from it. I see us utilizing it better and, uh, you know, changing uh, our approach to the game and we'll, we'll see some improvement to that. But I agree too, you know, being 11, 11 personnel heavy, um, is, is the key for us right now, at least until we get, um, you know, our big boys back out there um, or somebody else steps up. You never know. Sims could step up here too and become, you know, a legit uh, force for us in this offense as we grind out the year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jarrell Lee in the chat says at everyone, I love being part of this family heading to orientation for a second job. So boring. See you guys tonight. Hey man, absolutely crush that orientation Jarrell. And we appreciate you uh, hanging out in here with us, man. I'm glad to, uh, have you a part of the of the group and uh, just understand that this group is much better with you being a part of it. So uh, really appreciate you and go, go knock it out of the park, man. I don't care what you do for a living, be the best at it, man. You can, I, I don't say this, make a fun of anybody either. If you're happy working fast food for minimum wage, who the hell is anyone else to tell you you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't be happy doing it, but That's be the right. best at it, dude. Be the Your happiness is exactly that yours, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Cal in the chat says, 1982, Chris Collinsworth sat next to me at lunch when I was in the Army at West Baden, Wise Baden, Wise Baden, Army base. Um, he was so cool and spent 30 minutes talking to me about football, LOL. He is awesome. That's an awesome story, man. 
That's all sport. He seems like a great guy to me. And we were talking, like I said, off the air. I think his son Jack does an excellent job with NBC. Some of the coverage they've done over the years with Notre Dame, me being a Notre Dame fan, I just love the people that they've picked to kind of handle that stuff. So um, with that being said, let's uh, let's get out of here, Tim. We're a little bit over. It's a great conversation in the chat. You guys were awesome. Do you got any parting thoughts, Tim? Um, yeah, real quick, defensively, going into this Kansas City game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm of the theory that uh, we have to apply pressure to Mahomes, but I want to try and keep him in the pocket, man. I feel like if we can keep him, you know, in, you know, in that he's going to – he's got the mobility, right? But if we let him get out or we're we're pinning our ears back and we're going downhill trying to trying to blitz him, I think we're gonna we're gonna pay for that dearly uh in this game. So we've we've gotta find a way to apply pressure without, you know, getting ahead of ourselves. And um I know that's easier said than done with Pat Mahomes, but I really do. I think keeping him inside as best we can, keep him in between those tackles at least, um, and kind of limit his you know, mobility in that, in the passing game, we're going to have a chance because if he gets himself out in space, you know, that underneath is going to be open. He's going to hit guys in stride. That's his game all day. And I just, I do not want to be, I don't want to get beat by Pat Mahomes at all. So we've got to, we've got to address that. And I I think we can. So uh, just looking forward to uh, breaking down the matchups as we continue this week and um, looking forward to uh, PTA live tonight. And uh, go pack, go man! Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, as always, Clayton. I'm I'm grateful to be a part of this. Yeah, no, we're we're grateful to have you, man. It's it's always a blast talking ball with you and, and everyone else. Uh, Chris in with the super chat. Thank you, fellas, for all the hard work. Now, Chris, thank you for supporting the stream, buddy. We really appreciate it. Also, want to give a special shout out to Josh Martin for the super chats today. Um, really appreciate you supporting the stream, buddy. Thanks to everyone in the chat. You guys absolutely rocked it. If you could hit that like button for us, that way other Packer fans can find this show as well. And um, yeah, uh, let's uh, let's let's get back tonight for PTA live at uh, seven central, eight eastern. We're gonna do kind of a PFF preview of the Packers Chiefs, an early one, but we'll kind of show you how uh, twelve personnel matches up against their base defense, eleven personnel matches up against their nickel, and vice versa. How their eleven personnel matches up against our nickel, and their twelve personnel matches up against our base, just to kind of give a an early filler. All right, what could play out in this game? Where are some of the strengths? Where are some of the weaknesses? We called some of those out against the Lions. It was a lot of fun doing that. So, uh, yeah, with that being said, for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.